Hello and welcome to this episode of uh, the Soapbox Podcast. Our podcast aims to be a place for you to expose the inner thoughts and feelings you've never felt comfortable revealing. Whether it's a secret, a confession, or a controversial stance, we're here to bring them into the public space. To send us your story, you can submit it at our website, www.bananaheads.club soapbox. If you'd like to be a guest on an episode and be interviewed for your experiences on that week's topic, please say so in the alias part of the website with your contact information. We are today's hosts, Raymond. And I am Sophia Janssen. Now, today's topic is about all about self-love, you know, you and yourself and nobody else. Um, to begin, society often has a way of making us hate ourselves. The stress from school, the stress from, you know, your peers, the stress from families and all around you. And just to list a few more, there's also beauty standards, comparison and consumerism that are all based off of lowering your own self-esteem to make you feel like you always need something more to compensate for who you really are. We're never enough compared to what society wants to see. You see, self-love is more than just changing the way you look or working harder or trying to redefine ourselves. It's more like a state of appreciation of yourself of who you are right now at this moment that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. Only through being able to understand and appreciate all of ourselves can we find a better personal development and a healthier connection with the community around us. <laughs> yes, I mean, there's, there's really so many ways of exploring the topic of self-love. I mean, it's different for each individual. Um, for me, uh, for example, you know, I, I eat healthy. I, I like to work out. I like to do sports. Knowing that, you know, all of these stuff I put in, it's making me healthier and, you know, probably making me live longer. This is, this is my version of self-love, you know, taking care of my own body. And, and that makes me happy. What about you, Raymond? Um, let's see, there's actually, in terms of self-love, there's a lot of things I do that I, of course, like to do. I play the piano, I randomly draw sometimes, even though most of them are extremely unimpressive or just ugly. Um, I write random stuff. And honestly, I think self-love, as I've said, as we said before, is largely about yourself spending time with yourself and being comfortable with being who you are, and is largely just doing what you would like to do. And that is, of course, different for everybody. I know the idea of self-love to some of you guys out there uh, might be terrifying in a way, knowing that, oh, I, I, I'm never good enough, you know. Society makes me think this way, whether it's the way I look or the way I speak or, or the way, you know, I do things. But, but you have to understand one thing. Everybody is a completely unique individual. The way you express yourself is, you know, one in this entire world you have to understand that and and for you to you know for you to love yourself that's one way of you know you know really treating respectfully to your own body and to your own mind see yourself as an endangered animal you know love it protect it you know consider yourself as the giant panda how would you treat a panda you know <laughs> you know preciously delicately that's how you should treat yourself as well yeah yeah, and I think one of the key takeaways from our episode today is that you need to prioritize your own mental health and yourself above everything else, above academics and above relations even, however important they may seem. You really need to find this balance point for your body, you know, and your mind. You know, you can't just have the two mechanisms working separately. You know, your mind may be telling your body you need to lose weight or you need to finish this 400 meters but but your body it may be exhausted 
And, you know, you can't always just push yourself because one day your body is going to collapse. So like we said earlier on, you really have to treat your body with respect and care. You really have to negotiate between the two sides of your bodies and make sure that, you know, you, your brain are on the same page and make sure that you guys can evolve together, you know, and gain knowledge and respect together. Yes, indeed. Um, And I think we should stop here before spoiling more of the episode. Exactly. And yeah, without further ado, let's get into the submissions. All right, let's get right to it. Hi, guys. Welcome to the interview section. Now, Sherry, could you introduce yourself a bit to us? Yeah, sure. Um, My name is Cher. I was born in Canada. Um, I'm 16 years old and I'm currently a junior at SHSID. I'd say I'm a pretty creative person. I'm really passionate about art and writing and I am very interested in mental health. Can you briefly explain what self-love is for our listeners? Um, Yeah, sure. Um, I interpret self-love as like a state in which we put ourselves before anything else. I think it's like the regard we have of our own well-being and happiness. For starters, it can mean, you know, prioritizing yourself, trusting yourself, um, giving yourself a break from self-judgment and being true to who you are. And also, I think setting healthy boundaries. I think these are all um, examples of what self-love can mean. But it's also different. Like self-love can mean a different thing for each person. So, yeah. So why is what what do you think? You know, why? Why do you practice self-love? Why do you think that's important specifically? Well, I think to me, you know, practicing self-love is one of the major sources of my intrinsic motivation. I think that, you know, finding the time to treat myself is what allows me to be more productive and dive deeper into my passions later on. I think that if you want to take your interest and grow as a person, um, you first have to understand and appreciate who you really are. So that's why when you practice self-love, you know, when you spend a lot of time with yourself getting to know who you are, it allows you to become closer um, and it allows you to understand what you want to achieve in life. So I think it's really important that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also think it's very important to understand that self-love varies for everybody, that your definition of self-love or the way that you practice self-love might not apply to all the listeners. I just want to say that so there are listeners don't you know impose your stuff on themselves mm-hmm. yeah why do you think self-love is important in general for society to embrace well you know in my opinion i think the key to happiness and fulfillment is finding your passions and purpose but also understanding why you're doing that and a great way to find that reason and find yourself is through practicing self-love and learning about who you are as i mentioned before um, and I think if we have a society who, in general, like they're more they're more motivated, we are le- we're likely to have much more happier people. And I think that's why self love is so essential. So yeah, always like learning to put yourself um, before other people is very mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I think one of the most important things in self love is the idea that your own health and well being is should be placed before academics and everything else. And understand that most of most of our listeners are probably so in school. I would say that you should understand that your well-being is definitely more important than your grades and academics i mean yeah that that's that's very true self-love comes in all you know different varieties and types and ways and like raymond said definitely put your own well-being ahead of other things now now sherry you're clearly an expert on this topic now i want to ask you some questions regarding what i can do you know to practice self-love so what are some things that you normally do you know to practice self-love 
Okay, um, I think there are two major ways that I do so. The first one is, you know, diving deep into what I love to do. Um, art is highly therapeutic for me, and I find it very free and immensely powerful because, you know, it has the capacity to, like, put me in a whole different other dimension. Um, and, you know, anything creative, really, it's healing, and it's really beautiful and quiet time with your own thoughts. Um, so I definitely love to do the things I love to do, um, and I think that's a way that I practice self-love. But another thing I do is actually, you know, spending time with people I love. Um, like my mom, for example. Now, it may not seem like self-love, right? But actually, I think there's a lot of power in helping other people. Um, because, you know, as you open up and talk about your own struggles, as well as listen to, you know, the other struggles um, that they're going through, there's actually like a high degree of um, contentment and joy in that process. Especially for me, you know, my mother has de depression. So mental health has always been something I deeply care about. But, you know, watching her struggle, but then also grow from that experience has actually been very impactful and inspiring for me. So, you know, I think self-love is as much about, you know, taking the time to do things that you love, but also, you know, sharing what you know and your experiences with those you love. Um, I think that, you know, as humans, the least we can do is communicate because we're all actually going through very similar things. And, you know, that's the power of communication. It can really bring us together. So I think self-love is, you know, taking care of yourself, but also helping others. Yeah, that's a very good way to put it. Um, on your point about art, I actually relate to that very much. Um, a lot of times I tend to play a piano song or learn piano, mm. I just said that, um, or, I don't know, learn to draw or something, yeah, um, so yeah, in general, self-love is largely just spending time with yourself and doing what you like and spending time with who you love. Well, another topic that I think we can diverge a little bit from self-love is managing stress. Now, obviously, stress is one of the, you know, biggest reason why a lot of us, you know, we ignore self-love or conduct in self-harm, it's because there's so much stress around us. Um, stress management is definitely an important part of one's mental well-being. But, you know, it's becoming increasingly hard in this age where we constantly are expected to do more. Now, sure, how do you personally manage and minimize your stress? Because I know, like, you know, you have a really healthy life cycle. Like, what are some of the practice <laughs> practices that you'd recommend for people, you know, trying to do what you're doing right now? Okay, yeah, I actually get this question a lot. I mean, you know, most people when they first meet me, they always ask like, oh my gosh, how do you sleep at like sleep nine, nine, right? Um, I think time management is, Darn, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes I do. I think time management is really, is really important. Um, and there's basically two things that I do, I think. The first thing is I prioritize what I do. I don't do everything. Um, I think there's a lot of power in saying no. You know, the reality is like, we're just high school students. We can't have everything. So, you know, I think saying no allows you to, pri to prioritize what you want in life. And I think that this type of re rejection actually allows you to move forward. And so, you know, for me, I find the most important things to me, like for example, art or writing, and then I commit to those things. And I think in this way, you know, it's like this limitation is actually a subtle form of freedom. It's almost like this inner mental freedom of pursuit. And it's it's quite rewarding because it's the feeling of going into everything you do, knowing that you're doing it to your fullest potential rather than, you know, spreading yourself thin and trying to do everything. So I definitely think like an important part of time management is um, prioritizing. Um, you know, the second thing I do is I try to root every single day um, in something that I enjoy doing. So people think that, oh, like you sleep early, so you must not have any fun, right? You just like do your homework and then go to sleep. But actually that's not true. You know, I give a lot, I give myself a lot of time to have fun. And I think that spending more time studying does not actually mean better results. So it is important that, you know, 
you take the time to let yourself go free and that's why you know most people procrastinate because it's like they're so hard on themselves that sometimes you just want to find a way out of it so I think a good way to um, avoid procrastination is allowing you to um, you know do the things you love like for maybe an hour a day or something and just just these little things they really add up and you know at the end of the day no one's forcing you to do it anymore so it's you know procrastination almost doesn't become an option because these are the things you wake up wanting to do um, yeah, so these are the kind of two things I would say that really help me manage my time and allow me to sleep at nine. Yeah. Wow, uh, that's a very good answer. But regarding that, I would just like to ask, even though I'm just still kind of recovering from the shock that people are able to sleep at nine, how exactly do you prioritize things? Like, what, 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 is, what, what are your priorities in terms of academics and your self-interests? Um, well, you know, for me, my personal priorities... Um, First thing is health. So I try to, um, you know, be, be, live a healthy lifestyle that includes like sleeping early. That also includes exercise. And I think a good way to find balance with your extracurriculars and also your academics is to have them overlap. So, for example, like I need to exercise on a daily basis anyways. Right. Um, but I can, you know. A way, exercise is a great way to release mm-hmm. stress so I can just, you know, join a varsity team in this way. Like I'm on the badminton team. So like. I, it also counts as an extracurricular activity, but uh, it's also fun and healthy, and I'm, you know, getting the um, exercise I need. Oh, yeah, so. that makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like, yeah, just, like, kind of having these areas in your life, they're not separate boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, we think of, like, academics as one area, and then extracurriculars as another, but actually a good way to manage the stress is combine them, because ultimately it's just one person doing all of these things, and you can really overlap them and get, get most out of, you know, every yeah, hour of your day. Yeah, very good yeah. point. Um, and since you've already mentioned this a bit, let's just move into the second question, the next question. Um, a common issue that people face when they're trying to adopt, adopt mindfulness or self-love practices is that they simply don't have the time to do so. How do you personally create this time to focus on yourself and your well-being? Mm-hmm. What tips would you give to others in trying to do so? Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I think, you know, there's a saying that basically goes like, if you truly want it, you'll always have time mm-hmm. for it. So it's like, you have to make sure that, you know, all of the activities you're doing, you truly love it. And then you're not just doing it for college or for your resume. Um, If you make it a priority, if you really love it, then, you know, and and you believe in the importance of it. You have to believe that, you know, staying up well into the night to study is not as important as maybe doing something you love or sleeping even. So if you're able to wrap this, you know, idea around your head, um, I think you'll always find the time um, to give time for yourself. Um, I think it's just a matter of like what is important to you. Some people say studying is important, but they don't find like the right way mm-hmm. to study. Um, I think, yeah, once again, I said it this earlier, but it's not just the amount of time or the amount of hard work. You really have to study smart, especially like in grade 11 and 12 as we um, go deeper into high school. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really just about like finding these um, priorities, I think. Yeah, um, and, and also just a follow-up question regarding this topic. Um, when so for example if it's finals week and you while you prioritize your health and yeah. mental health and being able to sleep early how do you balance and how do you mm-hmm. balance your uh, pressurizing studies and your mental health and being able to sleep early at the same time i always put my personal health first so um like for example if there's a really big assignment and it's like due tomorrow and i have all this stuff to do I will usually just not do it because what's important to me, I know exactly what's important to me. And what that is, is 
my mental health, um, my sleep schedule, um, just being healthy in general. So I, it, it's, it's, it's important, sure, um, you know, assignment, a test, it's very important, but it's not as important as what's going on within mm-hmm. me. So that's why I'll just like put it off to the side and do what I want to do. But that doesn't mean I don't work hard. There's, there's a slight, you know, difference between that. It's just like I'm putting my energy in what I think is more valuable. So um, I think, yeah, I find balance by that way. Like, for example, finals week, uh, even though there's a lot of studying that you have to do, if it gets to a certain point where it's too much, then I'll just not study. Because all the learning that you have done has accumulated throughout, you know, all your high, hard work throughout the semester. So I don't necessarily think that, you know, it'll help that one, if I stay up that one night and sacrifice my mental health and my um, sleep schedule. So, yeah, usually I think, I think for me, it rarely does school come in conflict with my... Um, other things and even when when it does i usually put myself first mm. yeah 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 that's very impressive um and yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. yeah that, that's great that that's great i mean i'm i'm really jealous yes. you know that that you know share you have this <laughs> this great mindset and you're so relaxed about these stuff because you know me and Cher like we go we, we're in the same homeroom and we have like a lot of classes together and I yeah. swear I never see her tired yawning or like she's always just so full of energy but at the same time never overly excited it's just she just she, she just found wow. that point you know where everybody wants to be at well here comes a follow-up yeah, question like, for, for, for that yeah go mm-hmm. ahead go ahead what, what did you what, what did you want to say like when just think about it like this if you sleep well right every minute in class you are absorbing all the things that the teacher is saying so that just saves you maybe well like two hours of studying when you go home but if you're like sleep deprived and all you know sad and because you're not healthy then actually you're gonna have to spend up spend more time um reviewing the material so that's just kind of what i think to myself yeah that that is a great advice i really do think we all should you know take take advice from there because it's true you know when you get tired and like sleeping is sleeping in class you're missing a lot of information that you would later on have to you know fill back on at night by yourself and, and the vicious cycle goes on mm-hmm. and on and, and it stresses this us now now another problem you know like that's related to self-love so a common issue that many people face you know when trying to adopt mindfulness or self-love practices is that, you know, they just simply don't have the time. So how do you, you personally create this time? Let's say, because I know you, you know how to create your time. But let's say, for example, I, me, I'm always so tired. I have so many things to do. But for one weekend, you know, I, 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 I don't have classes. I, I want to take a break. You know, I want to practice some self-loving things. Like, what, what, what are some things, you know, that you recommend me doing? Like, what, what tips would you give other people trying to do so? Okay, um, I think, well, you know, self-love is obviously different for a lot of people. My way of practicing is just, like, drawing or, like, going out for a walk or, like, learning to appreciate, you know, the little things in life like a sunset or, you know, just all of these small things. But I think, you know, for you, like, you have you have classes on the weekend, I think I heard you say. Like, that obviously takes up a lot of time, um, whereas for me, like, I don't have any classes on the weekend. So that in itself is a lot of, like, free free time. So I think maybe, you know, you can consider like, why why are you having these classes? Why you are even um, taking what what you're spending your weekend doing? And maybe you could just you know let go, let some things go. Like this is this ties back with my point about prioritizing. Like 
if certain competitions are not that important to you, if, you know, certain clubs, because you can't be in every single club, um, but, you know, do things that really enjoy you, because when you do it, it's already a form of self-care, I think. Um, but another thing I, could, I would say is that you can talk to people, um, like socializing or going out with friends. That is also a very um, important part of self-love. You know, communicating, I think, is just one of the biggest, like, helping things in my life. Like, just by talking and opening up to people, like we are doing now, I think, um, you'll realize that people actually care um, and are more willing to listen to your problems than you might think. Um, I think that's why therapy is so effective, because at the end of the day, you can just share and an immediate connection builds with that person. And you have this mutual valuing and intimacy that is so precious and healing. So, yeah, I think you could just take, you know, self-love doesn't have to be like five hours. It can just be like one hour, half an hour, or even just a few minutes a day that you just give yourself to kind of take a break and just zone out. And that can be talking to friends. That can be, um, you know, going outside. It can be exercise. It can be really anything. I think a lot of things that you said here relates back to the idea that that it is powerful for you to say Mm -hmm. no, that it doesn't just limit to the fact that you can say no to extracurricular activities, but also you, you need to be able to say no to certain academic pressures that when you realize that you're risking your own mental health and sleeping early, because exactly, of a school, yeah. because of a school essay or or an assignment, you need to have the power to say no mm-hmm. to the essay and academics, and understand that prioritizing your mental health is more important. Really, you you don't mm-hmm. have to do everything. You don't have to have ten extracurricular activities going on at the same time. You don't have to do five exams yeah. in one day. You don't have to, you know, take all of these uh, big uh, competitions, academic competitions, like all in a month. Like you don't have to. What we we all should do is, you know. We should all be like Cheryl. We should space out our stuff. We should listen good in class so we don't waste any of our time after school. And we just enjoy and embrace life. Really, really. I, I think it's all about mm-hmm. balancing your own pace. Now, how about we, we, we move on to the next question, right? Um, how, how important, you know, Cheryl, do you feel, you know, talking to other people and building up a good support mm-hmm. network is in taking care of yourself? Like, like you mentioned earlier, you know, that this, like, talking to us, talking speaking this out is like good for you but you know how, how important do you think is that like how, how important do you think is that you know having a good support system um yeah like i mentioned yeah like i mentioned you know before talking to people is very important but having a good support network is even more important so that's like a group of people it doesn't have to be a group of, it can be one person it can be your parent it can be just one friend anyone that is able to be there like unconditionally i think that is um, hugely important. For me, that is my mom, that person is my mother. Um, you know, it's just knowing that, like, she doesn't just love the, you know, high, high achiever side of me, and, like, the 100%, like, person, but she also loves me when I'm sad, also loves me when I fail. I think just, like, having a person there for you is so, it's so relieving. You know, a lot of, I think, after I came back to China, like, I realized Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, young students they don't have a good relationship with their parents it's kind of stiff and it's 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 almost like you know they're not even that close but it's it's really a shock to me because I literally would not be anywhere without my mom like she literally supported me from day one and it's always been there for me so I think but it's also you know it comes two-sided it's the parents having this pressure on the ki- ch- uh, child but also the kids don't open up anymore like the students um, usually they just kind of like go home, slam in their go to their room, slam the door. Um, I mean, it's it's part of this like teenage 
time, right? But I really want to encourage um, all of the, you know, reader uh, viewers to really open up. It mm-hmm. can just be a small thing, you know? It just, like, takes, like, one incident every single day. But over time, it builds this um, friendship, almost, that will actually be very important. Um, it will be a very important aspect of your life. Um, I think building this sort um, sort of like good support network is a huge role in your growth as a person and your understanding of yourself. And that's how you really get to know who you are as well. So yeah, I, I think it's a, it plays a very important role. Yeah, and I really agree with that because, well, I personally experienced the same thing. For like two years, I do experience that teenage age where I feel like, aha, I, I don't need my parents anymore. Yeah. But then recently, I've been talking to my mom during lunch, and I just tend to share things with my mom. Mm-hmm. And she's just now like a good friend that I can talk to and someone that I can, you know, tell my troubles to. And it's just very helpful to know that somebody will always be there for you, and you can always rant or vent to the person. Yeah. Um, but then, again, understanding that students tend to have different situations regarding, the, regarding their parents, I would just also like to clarify, or just like to say that it doesn't always have to be a parent, just as long as you can have somebody that you know will love you unconditionally, that you know will be able to support you always, then that will be a very good thing for your mental health and self-love. Wow, yeah. sure. I mean, listening, after listening to, you know, all that you have said, like, I, I just have one question, like, do you have any, like, challenges in your life that, like, we're not aware of? Because, <laughs> darling, you sound like you just crushing everything. Like, I'm here trying to think of, like, what is something yeah, that Cher is not good at? And I am struggling with that. Like, do you have any challenges, you know, besides okay. yeah. with your mother's mental health? And, like, do you have anything, like, challenges? Yes, I do. Um, you know, as, like, a teenager, I think we all have challenges. Um, for me, it's actually my relationship with my father and also my relationship with my body image. So it's like, first with my father, um, you know, he's in Canada, but like, we have a really, really bad relationship. And it's not, it's, it's, there's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of um, reasons why. But the first reason why is because his EQ is like zero and he doesn't really know how to communicate. Uh, relatable, with me, which relatable. Is why, you know, oh my God. Yeah. So which is why, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to like encourage, you know, um communication all that, but it's it's true like what Raymond said before, there are situations where it just doesn't happen. Um so my father and I are very not close and he's not very supportive of me. He's kind of almost not in my life. Um and so yeah, that's definitely something I struggle with. And the second thing is that um yeah, my relationship with my body. So as you guys probably know, if you if you know me in person, like I had a huge change in style recently. It's also it's, it's a, a big part of it is because like I look in the mirror and I just feel like I haven't been living really authentically, um, almost like all of my life. And so I kind of use fashion as a way to accept my body more, accept who I am more. And so like I I try every single morning. I think you know dressing nicely for yourself is also a way to show appreciation for yourself. It's like you know, if you get up in the morning and put on nice clothes and make yourself feel confident, that is showing that you care about um, Mm -hmm. who you are. And so recently, you know, I've been trying to do that every single morning, like um, trying to put in a little bit of effort um, into just like the way I dress. Um, It's it's a form of like, you know, accepting my body, accepting uh, who I am, who I who I am on the inside, really, and kind of showing that on the outside. So yeah, I've, I've definitely struggled with body image all throughout my life, but I'm starting to find ways to cope with it. And one of that, one of those ways is fashion. Yeah. 
I mean, guys, if you just know Cher in real life these days, because I see her every morning, <laughs> it's like fashion runway, Milano season, like every day in our classroom. Like, oh gosh, you are you. really, like, you know, I think we should all do that. You know, really, like, she, Cher really expresses herself, you know, through her outfits. Like, you can, you can tell what type of person she is. You can see, like, wow, this person is just so charismatic, so artistic. You know, it makes people, it draws people's attention. Like, the, wow. the good type. Thank like, you. your, your confidence, like, like, girl, this is something that, you know, you inspire people. You inspire me. Like, I see her every day. I was like, damn, shit. Just look at her. Like, she can do all of this and dress like a champ. Like, we should be able to, like, do at least half of that, you know? Guys, it's not impossible to be someone like Cher, you know? She's not a yeah, myth. I mean, she exists. Like, we could, we could, we yeah. could try. I think... Yeah, I think because, like, you know, confidence is a choice. It's not like you're born confident. You really have to, you know, every day make the little effort to do something that pushes yourself a little bit. And then once you do that, the next day you go a little bit farther. And maybe, like, after a month or two months or even a year, that becomes your new self. And it becomes better. It becomes bolder. And it becomes, you know, more authentic. So, that yeah, that's, that's just, you know, I, I also think I love art, right? I love... Um, writing and these are all ways to express myself so why not do it um, on the way I dress so yeah I think it's you know we can all we have so much time we can I mean we don't have so much time but we can we have the uh, capacity to try to you know explore what we want to wear um, what we want to do with our time so yeah I think it's really important mm, yeah I mean, all this really just ties back to the fact that you said earlier how we should not just do what we love. And yeah, if, if what you love is to dress yourself up or to be fashionable, you should always, always just go for it and understand that that, in a lot of situations, should be prioritized before your academics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, regardless, with the interview coming to an end, let me just ask, is there anything else that we haven't touched on yet about self-love and mental well-being that you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think just to conclude what I've said before, I think self-love is self-honesty. It's taking a good look in the mirror and reflecting on who you've become. And there are many ways to show self-love and it's different for everybody. But I think the most important one is first understanding who you are. So, um, you know, self-love may be taking time to explore your interests and passions or it literally just may be something really simple like... Um, you know, starting to appreciate the little, little tiniest things in life, um, you know, and I, I think another thing is that we open up to people, you know, just most people have like this kind of um, shyness or like this timidity where they don't want to open up. But I think, you know, take away all of that, take away your pride, take off the mask that says, you know, you're okay and just talk, you know, refuse to take on the world by yourself because, we're all in this together and we're all teenagers. We're all going through the exact same experience. Um, You know, start living for yourself and start loving yourself because only then I think will you be able to have a greater impact that is beyond yourself. And I think, yeah, that's basically all I have to share for you guys today. Wow. That's that's truly amazing. Thank you, Sher. Thank you so much for taking this time, having this interview with us. Um, we don't want to bother you yeah, anymore. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, lo- we love you, darling. We no, love you. Stay it strong, was, okay? It was so enlightening. It was beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.